Good day everybody and welcome to today's podcast. We, we will chat with Alison Melitwa more on quality and assessment. This is Alzette Leroux and Handele Adendorf. Let's talk transformative assessment. Yo, today we welcome Alison Melitois, a quality advisor at the Center for Academic Planning and Quality Assurance at Stellenbosch University. Did I get that right, Alison? Yes, you did. Thanks, Alison. <laughs> Alison, welcome and thank you for being with us today. It's lovely having you here. It's a pleasure. Yo, so maybe just to kick off with some context, um, Alison, as a quality advisor, what does that mean? What is what's your role at the well, you know, the abbreviation the APQ Center, the APQ Center? Okay. What is your role there? Um, yeah, I've been the quality advisor for the past what is it two years I think now. Um, my main function is to help um, academic departments and service departments um, do an evaluation, which has three parts. Um, they do a self-evaluation um, and then they invite peers to come and do a peer evaluation. And then the third part is um, a follow-up where they report on their progress um, since their last evaluation. Mm -hmm. And that evaluation that you speak about, is that of their, um, like the curriculum or their teaching or more than that? What what are they evaluating? Um what we evaluate in quality is the main functions of the university. So we look at teaching, also research, and then also what we call now social impact. Almost like those three pillars um, that we stand on, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. And um, yeah, when, when you say teaching um, as one of those pillars, can we assume that assessment forms part of that pillar then? Um, yes, assessment is an integral part of teaching, but I think one of the key challenges that we currently have in the self-evaluation is that assessment doesn't always feature as strongly as, as we hope that it would. Um, and we are now in the process of writing criteria specifically for assessment when we do evaluations for academic departments. Alison, I'm, I'm curious, I'm going to take a step back and then we can come back to assessment. So when you are quality assurance, um, how do you define quality? What are you looking at when you're looking at quality? Well, what is interesting to me is that before 2016, um, our institutional policy and um, procedures for, for quality um, looked specifically at all spoke specifically about quality as excellence. Um, but after, in our new policy, um, which came out in 2019, we adopted the CHE's conception of quality. Maybe if I, I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Mm. So CHE, just for anybody that doesn't know, um, refers to the Council for Higher Education, if I'm not mistaken, Alison. That's correct. That's correct. The, the CHE's conception of quality is um, fitness for purpose, um, which relates to how well um, the institution carries out its main functions, which we spoke about now, which is teaching, research, and um, yeah, community that. engagement or social impact. Yes. And then there's also value for money, which relates to the effectiveness and efficiency of the institution. And then transformation, which relates to the appropriateness of the purposes 
um, the identity and the role of an institution in the South African context. And all of this is under the framework of looking at the university as fitness of purpose, where we look at the university as a public higher education institution in and for the South African context. So Alison, if I were to ask you um, just from your heart, how does this conception of quality in spirit differ from the definition of quality as um, excellence that we had previously? Because I think that's that's part of the spirit of the time we're in and of the discussions that we're having here. Yes. Um, I think this conception of quality as excellence relates strongly with the instrumentalist idea of, of higher education. And as a public institution, I think the value of higher education is not just on the personal level, individual level, but it's also for society. Mm. Um, I think as a professor Brunk wrote specifically, uh, made this argument that the university has to now move past being able to say what it is good at, but must also be able to explain what it is good for. And I think that fits well with how we are thinking now about how we conceive quality in higher education. I think an Im important aspect for lecturers um, when you know, thinking or planning around their assessment practices um, is also the whole notion of quality. How do I ensure that my assessments assess what they should assess and um, yeah, and, and speak of quality? And uh, it almost seems like um, this the university's repositioning if I can put it like that um, coming to the fore in the policies etc gives an indication also to lecturers in the classroom um, to possibly have a different look at what quality means and how to color in that definition of quality quality um, and I love the the idea that you mentioned um, to be you know not just good at but good for good for who um and yeah if i if i make the link back to assessments in our classrooms um i think it's an important link to make to also consider but not only quality in you know regarding excellence or do i do i draft good assessments or are my students reflecting good marks and therefore making the uh, narrow assumption that i have quality assessments but rather reframing that question of quality from the classroom already and asking, but quality for who? Um, and that probably brings it into a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we teach what we value, right? And what we assess is a test of what it is that we value. So I do think that that is a strong connection. And also this thing about how do we, when we talk about access and we can't have access and not have success. There must be access with success. So those are also the kinds of things that we need to think about when we are devising um, ways of assessing. Mm, I think in one of our previous podcasts, we spoke about different assessment methods, I, uh, probably in more than one of them already by now, that give students with um, different strengths an opportunity to showcase what they can do. And you, what I liked about you mentioned earlier that in our newer conceptions of quality, we've moved away from the instrumentalist, I think you said, approach. And I think that's what we're after to some degree with these discussions of lecturers, especially 
around assessment as well. These are all examples of people that's also moved away from an instrumentalist approach to assessment to a more transformative approach. That's the topic. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I like that. I like that alignment with how our thinking about quality is changing, and in this sense, and then then how it translates to what's happening in practice as well. So, Alison, does assessment come up in these discussions or in the reviews that uh, that departments have to respond to from time to time? Um, that is the thing. It we don't always reflect on assessment, and that is what we are trying to encourage now um, with the new criteria that specifically looks at assessment. And do you engage um, from your role? Um, are you almost like linking the the Center for Academic Planning and Quality Assurance with the departments? Are you that the person or one of the people <laughs> filling that link between the department and the center in these evaluations? Do you get engaged with faculty? Um, yes, um, I do engage um, with departments specifically, directly, and also with, with deans of faculties mm -hmm. because the department has to also report to the dean and the dean is very much uh, plays a role also in the evaluation um, mm. in terms of um, also agreeing with the improvement plans that happen after an evaluation the dean has input in those as well mm. yeah and i think maybe context for my question is um um I, i'm curious as to do you also find from your center side, you are aware of the alignment, the definition of quality with the CHE, etc., and a shift from so-called excellence or the instrumental approach to a different approach. And do you find there there is still a bit of a gap when, when engaging with the departments that a lot of the way in which departments um, and all faculties are um, you are evaluating um, whatever they evaluate, the curricula, the teaching, learning assessment, etc., that it's still happening in an instrumentalist approach? I think to some extent, yes. Um, and also the new um, policy on, on quality assurance and enhancement, um, we talk specifically on having a developmental approach to, to quality. And I think in the instrumentalist way of looking at higher education, it's almost like summative assessment, like the stakes are very high. Yes. Whereas when we look at an evaluation as a formative exercise, we want to assess and be critical about what it is that we have learned and what it is that we that we value. Um, and then it's, it's, it's more about sense making and it's not about how good or how bad we are. Um, I think it's a different kind of way of, of looking at, at, at higher education. Yeah, I think it, um, what it reminds me of, of what I'm thinking as you're talking is, in a way, how we go about with the process of review and evaluation says something about how we go right about with the process of teaching and learning as well. So um, if we, um, the, the absence of assessment, for example, in the reflections, on the one hand, we're trying to create this narrative that teaching, learning and assessment is an integrated whole and the absence of assessment um, and the focus on summative assessment then speaks back into, or to me, there's that link with how people approach the, the evaluation itself, also seeing that as a, a compliance act. 
I would assume, mm. rather than developmental approach. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is that is for me the linkage between assessment and um, and and how we evaluate quality. Yeah, and how also it's discursively consi- uh, constituted. It, it keeps on changing. It it keeps on developing, just like our teaching and and learning is developing, where we used to adopt very much like sage on stage approaches to to teaching, where we our new policy on teaching and learning now speaks about learning centered approaches, which is it's quite different. Yeah, lovely. And um, it also reminds me, honey, you you touch now on it. um, Similar in 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 our classes. So for instance, I plan my teaching learning assessment as a lecturer. Um, I have to ensure that there is that constructive alignment and it almost rings the same bell. So it's also the, the alignment, not only in my classroom with my teaching learning practices, but aligning with the vision of the university, aligning with um, the discourse um, and the way that also the university is moving forward. And something else I'm thinking now is, linking back to another podcast that we had about assessment culture and um i mean we we detect what the culture is of an institution very often if i think of margaret archer's work on what the what the policies are saying and what the structures are reflecting and you mentioned the espoused you know values underlying and that so maybe in a way it's also reflecting the the values of the university or valuing um, assessment and our approaches to transform and thereby also our view of looking at quality and that in a way is also should renew and you know continue to evolve that's the word that you mentioned and in a developmental way in how can we develop better assessments how can we as um, academic staff develop better and in that way as as well make an impact in society through our students um, so yeah, it's actually just a reflection on from the inside out and from the outside in <laughs> in a way yeah and I think the the whole point about assessment is that it can be a, a catalyst for this education reform that we want right Yes, indeed. And, and we need to mention here that, Alison, you're part of that bigger institutional assessment project as well, looking at um, which in which um, previous participant Charmaine spoke about assessment cultures, which has the purpose of um, making sense of our current culture so that we can change our culture. And I think you're coming into that from your perspective from the quality side, because the, I don't think we can claim quality as an institution if we don't think deeply about our assessments yeah no absolutely i do agree with that um and i think the whole idea of 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 quality um is to test whether what we are saying um is true and to what extent it is true and how can we make it true um yeah and it is about that developmental approach that to me is, is a key thing in the discussion about assessment and in the discussion about evaluation and quality is that being able to test whether what we claim is true is true. An assessment, it's whether what we think we've assessed um, has been assessed. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we've had those conversations. We tend to believe that if we do it in certain ways, not necessarily based on evidence, just 
based on experience or our innate beliefs, we tend to think that the exams are a very good way of saying whether students have achieved certain outcomes. Mm. Um, whereas the uh, the very previous participant, the, the the person we interviewed just before you or discussed, spoke to just before you, um, spoke about um, that exactly. That um, it's yeah that we we um, it's not always doing what we think it is doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that is also the thing that is important for me in terms of quality is which sort of relates to that idea is that we need to now start moving away from common sense approaches to being more scholarly in our work. Um, and I think in the same way also when we think about assessment, we need to move away from this common sense approaches to assessment and be more scholarly. Um, in terms of how we assess and what it is that we assess, and how how do you how do you view that scholarly approach? How would that look like? Well, I do think that the scholarship of teaching and learning plays a significant role in that, and also our teaching and learning policy, where we talk about how important um, that scholarship is, um, and also ideas around the professionalization of teaching. Um, I think that is. I think that is a very um, important thing, especially in an institution that sees itself as a research institution, where research is is value. That we also now talk about the value of teaching and professionalizing teaching. Valuable point. Indeed, <laughs> um, Alison. Something else I want to pick up on is, you know, the whole idea of when I when I think of where we came from in the past. Um, not only our institution per se, but um, I think in higher education um, globally, um, specifically viewing quality, it was more that approach of um, quality becomes this almost like stick that you hit <laughs> to try and rectify almost. And um, and in that way, not creating um, room for mistakes or to learn from, whereas um, you know, taking on a different approach where we rather review what we are doing f- through the lens of how can we, how can we learn from what we're doing and, um, better that, um, is a different angle. And, you know, we've also spoke about, um, in transformative assessment, also leaning more towards that type of approach in our assessment practices. Um, yet again, it's this mirroring happening. Um, you know, that I think, um, from a center perspective, um, um, on that level of institution, it's important for that alignment to be there as well or, and all that mirroring happen, happening where, um, from the center side, it's, it's not, it's almost like guiding through the review. We, we get our feedback and then guiding back into departments and faculties. And that then again, spinning into our, the micro, <laughs> um, the micro practice in in the classroom, um, you know, And then, I was curious in in yet again in your conversations in faculty, do you do you have um, ways of guiding um, faculty or departments in going through these review processes? Um, and if so, how how does that guidance happen <laughs> or look like? <laughs> Well, I think it starts with trying to explain what our conception of quality is. Um, 
and 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 also ex- explaining how quality or this evaluation can be a formative exercise and it doesn't need to be this high stakes like lose or win uh, situation um and it also speaks to how um we think about quality on a continuum from looking at quality assurance to quality enhancement um so assurance is about just making sure that everything is you tick the boxes mm. but when we think about enhancement is it's about improvement like not just these are, this is what we do but how are we going to improve on 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 what we say we are doing yeah spot on and then um again we have also found that in those conversations when lecturers also have bringing it back to the micro again when the lecturers have those conversations with the students it just highlights to me again that the importance of that discourse that needs to take place and explaining the definition of definition of quality also in the classroom explaining why i have this assessment uh, assessing my student coming back to on the continuum and moving away from assurance again in my assessment in the classroom i'm not i'm going to not ticking the boxes in my assessment but it's really about um helping you as a student develop and getting that feedback f- from your learning um your learning approach so thank you for highlighting that again <laughs> Alison I've been in discussion with some of your other colleagues who are working more in the area of program renewal and um where new programs or new modules are um sort of thought up and put into place as well and what Alzet just said about ticking the boxes is one of the things that we really struggle with there is that when people have to tell us how they plan to assess well actually tell us how they teach but especially around assessment then one of the difficult things is to move beyond it being compliance mm-hmm. um here's the boxes i've ticked them whereas um the spirit of what one's trying to achieve is is to get into the heart of the matter um what's your aspirations with your assessment i know i struggled with that the first time i saw that we use a a method where people unpack their whole module plan um and it asked for assessment aspirations so what are those um but yeah that's one of the difficulties and and i guess that's what you coming up with as, as well when it's that ticking the boxes exercise on on um program review as well yeah it it is like that um i think this whole thing about evaluation is we need to engage critically about with what we are doing and also i think when it, trans thinking about how um assessment compares with um quality there are for me similarities or in teaching or or in this this addressing this problem of of equity of success and and parity of success um we need to think about how do what is the what is the knowledge that we value and how do we allow students to access that knowledge how do we give epistemological access um and i think that is the same that happens also in 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 quality that to me speaks to it exactly because that's what we're trying to get at in those forms i guess is we want people to to think about what it is that they're trying to achieve with assessment and we want them to think about their context to the students are that will be in front of them and how they're going to achieve that with that group of students um but it is changing our paradigms um understanding things differently so 
Um, it's continually, I think, trying to do the same thing, to, to think through the whole teaching learning assessment process in a more formative way and in a more developmental way. And you don't have to respond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Instead of I'm, me pulling it together. I'm also thinking if it's if it's only about ticking the boxes, then you don't go into the, those deeper facets of really how and for who and I assessing. And you mentioned epistemological access. So if I'm only ticking boxes, then then I'm not drilling deep into is my te- teaching learning assessment approach is really providing that epistemological access to my students. So, yeah, I suppose there are ways that you can tick those boxes, but um, those type of um, reflections um, actually come to the fore when you when you really spend time with deep reflection and, and different ways of getting feedback from your students as well. In various ways, I'm not really talking now feedback form, mm-hmm. you know, but really the feedback from the answers. I'm thinking now of Marius's um, answer in a podcast that we had with him, where he shared with us his surprise on the the answers from students in an assignment that they did, um, where they actually reflected on on how alienated they feel actually in the same institution that they're studying, and yeah, you know, he, he was surprised with those answers. Um, and and again, in a way that gives you feedback from mm. your students and the access to knowledge or not. Yeah, I think yeah, and and that is a very very valuable point because especially going back now to this um, idea of learning centered approaches, um, we can't have this decontextualized view of students anymore. It's it's not helpful. We need to think about who is in the class. We can't now just look at students as empty vessels and we are now putting, yeah, presenting them with knowledge. And also this idea of learning-centered, it also means that as a lecturer, I'm also learning. It's not just students that are learning. I'm not the only authority <laughs> in terms of knowing. Um, students also know. And it's quite freeing to not be the only authority, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To there are the sources and students can bring perspectives as well. And I think to contextualize what you said, I'll say it about Marius's point, um, and I need to remember my train of thought here now, but um, his surprise was that students were prepared to be so open, mm. to be so forthcoming with their emotive experience. Um, and that then in the context of what we're talking about with you makes me think that a, an institution of quality with quality teaching and learning brings the student into the process, brings their voice into the process mm-hmm. as well, which is what I hear in you talking about us not thinking of students as decontextualized beings. Yeah, and, and I think it was a Torrance that wrote about how the success of assessment is reliant on the vitality and the authenticity of the relationship between the student and, and the teacher. Oh, wow. That's, that's a... Food for thought, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, maybe just uh, something else that I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. Hani spoke about a possible example of um, the value that um, evaluation brings to the fore. Um, but I was curious if, if there are any um, 
maybe food for thought that you can share with us that um, what what do you find is the value in evaluating one's work? You know, is there value in evaluating? I think we are trying to um, get academics to experience that value. Um, but it's again, it's it's moving away from just reporting. This is what we are doing. Um, the value of a self-evaluation is not in the reporting part, but in the actual reflection. Um, and so, for me, I think there is there is intrinsic value in 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 the evaluation, if it if it is approached in in that way. So to, to, I, I can't help myself. Now, to close the loop on that one, here at Stellenbosch University, we use a framework which we call the Delta Framework. So you two would be familiar with it. It's um, designed for teaching, learning, and assessment. Yeah, I think that's what Delta is an acronym for. Um, I, coming from sciences, and science Delta also means change. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like that. But the Delta cycle built on an older instructional design cycle or framework then, um, has a number of elements, which starts with context. That's who are the students in front of me. And we use this framework, maybe I should say that first, to help academics think through how they think through their teaching, learning, and assessment, how they design it, how they deliver it. So you start by looking uh, it's iterative, but you generally start by looking at context, who's the students, what's my context, what am I teaching? And you think about how you're going to assess that. Well, actually your outcomes comes next. You think about what it is you want to achieve, uh, how you're going to assess it, what kinds of learning opportunities am I going to create? And then the last point in closing that cycle, that loop is evaluation. So that's that point of as I've gone through the cycle of planning, I evaluate, I teach in each round of, of doing this in a module, there's also the point of evaluation and then tightly linked to that, the central spoke, and that's a change, it didn't look like this always in the framework. Um, initially, we had reflection and evaluation as a bubble sort of on the circle, but it's now become the central part of it. So all the other parts are linked to it. And what you just said reminded me of that, that central to all those processes is a constant process of reflecting on what we're doing, on context again, on outcomes again. Are they still, you know, is this still the right outcomes for now? Um, and then bringing evaluation and all the different sources of information I can use in my self-evaluation and my reflection into it. Yeah, and that uh, that also ties in with with how we want to do quality assurance or quality enhancement, rather, um, that it has to be this iterative approach, um, that it's not something that you do every six years and then you sort of forget about it. Mm. it we, we are trying to think about how can we encourage this, um, this culture of quality. Um, so I'm thinking this is where we take hands um, with one another. It's um, APQ, Academic Planning and Quality Assurance. I got that right. And the center that I'm in, Center for Teaching and Learning and Center for Learning Technologies, where you were, because we can spread that message together and, and um, use the same narrative. Yeah. And, and I have to add, sorry, I'll say just before you tie off. So just today where LZ and I were present, um, Alison, someone said to us, oh, APQ, they're the unsung heroes of Stellenbosch University. <laughs> so I just have to put that out there. Oh, wow. 
Excellent. <laughs> I don't think you get that often, do you? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hanley, for mentioning that. And um, yeah, Alison, this unfortunately brings us to a close. Um, but thank you from our side, um, not only for the amazing work that is happening at the at the Center for Academic Planning and can we say quality enhancement? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the for the work that you do and the, and the way that you do it um, as well, because it it can still be a very, I think, it, um, an Afrikaans and nietelige punt, so a touchy point, I suppose. Okay especially from the perspectives but thank you for the yeah for for the way in which um you and your colleagues at the center really in your being um also trying and change this discourse and the the way that quality is perceived to a more learning um focused um learning centered approach not only regarding our students but also to our academic staff and may we you know, continue to be lifelong learners in a scholarly approach. Thank you, Alzheimer. Thank you, Hanandi. Thank you, Anison. And that's it for today. Until next time.